Well, welcome everyone. It's great to see you all. So let's uh, just begin with some meditation. And uh, included in the meditation today will be a meditation on death. All the great masters, including Buddha, highly recommend meditating on death. The Buddha told his uh, chief disciple, Meditate on death with every in-breath and with every out-breath. He was only doing it in the morning and in the evening. The king of contemplations. Like the elephant's paw contains all the paws of all the the animals in the jungle. Contemplation of death contains all other contemplations. Ajahn Chah often said, die before you die. So relax into your body. Relax your heart. Relax your mind and relax the entire body. And imagine not only is this the last day of your life, but it's the last hour of your life. And you're lying on your bed. The sun is coming through the window. 
loved ones are gathered around you. But you're doing something else with your mind. You're reflecting. You're going through some kind of inner journey. Reflecting that you were given a name. And many, many things, activities have been associated with this name ever since you were a baby. What other people thought of you as you grew up. Your quote unquote, popularity, your lack of popularity, your reputation. People like you, like your name, like what was associated with your name, and didn't like you, or didn't have much opinion one way or the other. And you got A's associated with your name in school and other grades, not so great, successes and failures. Maybe a advanced degree became associated with your name. Maybe you changed your name and you got married. or became a doctor in front of your name, had a career, had the name dad or mom or grandma or grandpa. All of these identities over the course of time have been associated with who we are and the things we did. Everything that goes with this name of ours We have to leave it all behind. We can't take it with us.
maybe we've started some things or had some activities in service of others that may or may not continue. Others may continue something that we did. They may not continue. But whatever they do, they will do it without us. And we need to let go of all of those aspects of our identity, of our name. Nameless, we came into this world. And now nameless, we will go. And over the course of time, we've had many possessions. And we have many possessions now. All the things that we own. We look around our house and Pictures, artwork, furniture. Maybe silverware, cooking implements. Maybe we own a car. Our clothes. closet full of clothes and drawers. Much of this will be discarded or sold for pennies on the dollar. The money that we have left. We can't take any of this along with us. We have to leave it all behind. Some of it may be used by others. Some of it will be discarded or given to the goodwill. We let go. We let go of all of our possessions. Naked we came into this world and naked we go. relatives, friends, the family 
into which we were born. And from then, the whole circle of close and dear ones. All the people in our lives. love us, or like us, or are just associated with us, that don't have much opinion, or don't like us. We leave them all behind. We can't take any of them along. And they will continue without us. And we let go. We let go of all our close and dear ones. And we let go of everyone. Alone we came into this world. And alone we will go. And this reflection, having let go, as this last hour is quickly passing, of our identity, our name, our possessions and our relationships. Now it is time to let go of our body. And as we're letting go of the body and we sense the body, can't move anymore, can't move our limbs. And the body's getting heavy and getting cold. And letting go of liquids. Having let go of our name. Having let go of our possessions. Having let go of our relations. Nameless. Naked. Alone. We begin to feel some incredible freedom 
some openness beyond the confines of time and space in our tiny little body. Even though it's difficult for the body to breathe, and the body's gasping for breath. And people think this must be really uncomfortable for her or him. But we're feeling an unshakable peace. A vastness of peace is dawning in us. And we take a long inhale and a long exhale. And we let go of the body. We no longer feel it. Our connection with the body has been severed. But we are not dead, we're alive. So just rest in a state of pure being. There's a phrase, we have two lives. Our second life begins when we know we just have one. Maybe a little freer, a little more space between the dreams of self and other, the dream of possessions. A little more space 
between us and our illusions. So just now resting in this unshakable peace. In the essence of our being, beyond name, beyond possessions, beyond relations. Our sublime natural state. That's simply aware and warmly accepting whatever arises. Compassionate without the impediments of our illusions. Our minds and hearts can open naturally to what is here, to whatever is here. You can open your eyes. to what we see, warmly welcoming what we hear, what we feel, our thoughts, good thoughts, bad thoughts, all of our thoughts, warmly welcoming our feelings. <clears throat> there, are, <clears throat> there are myriad thoughts that we might possibly think and feel. <clears throat> Excuse me. Myriads of different thoughts and ideas run through our mind. But among all the thoughts that we might possibly have, <clears throat> there are two that stand out as truly special. The first is the thought of impermanence. Thinking about impermanence clears the mind of its clutter. It enables us to think of and perceive the world in a way that is radically different and genuinely constructive. The second is love and compassion. Love and compassion hold inconceivable power. Love and compassion never lead us astray. Love and compassion 
strip the mind of negative emotions and unwholesome thoughts. Dharma practice is about recognizing impermanence so that love and compassion become all-encompassing and universal. So we can break into small groups now. Meet each other and introduce ourselves and introduce what what we've been practicing. And what has been inspiring to you about what you've been reading? Hopefully you have some passages or lines you can share with us that we can discuss. And maybe the response to something that was in this meditation just now or other ideas that were sent out to you as possible discussion points. So uh, maybe groups of four, Joe, and does that sound good? How long? Uh, let's say 25 minutes. Okay, here we go. So David, you're muted. Thank you, uh, Ali. So, so, uh, How was how was it for you? How was that group, and what was what was discussed? Maybe uh, your group leader could share and kind of give a our group. It was uh, it's always such a rich exchange of how people are practicing and what is inspiring them. So we had such a mixture of health concerns and taking the teachings from what's being presented in our lives. 
those events are teachers for us. But also adding different practices. Um, one group member uses the gratitude practice of five things to be grateful for every day and how it is a heart practice as well and opens opens up moving we talked about moving from the head to the heart our, our understanding intellectually of practice and then connecting the head to the heart there's a, a reference on page 96 about shortening that distance from the head to the heart so that's that's a general uh, overview but very very rich sharing thanks everybody in my group Well, our, the sharing in our group was, was remarkable and uh, remarkably open and deep. And also, you know, looking at health issues and uh, taking in the authors, you know, this very deep, all these contemplations. Uh, one member talking about using be recording part of it and, and playing it as a guided meditation and uh, looking at the questions um, that she poses, you know, in reflecting on our lives and, and also another form of taking that as a form of meditation and truly prioritizing this in a way. So, um, and uh, we were stopped <laughs> Mid-sentence, so uh, looking forward to uh, being back together and sharing this such a beautiful and deep level. So thank you. Thank you. Our group as well was stopped when we were just about to get into um, why is it important to contemplate death? Um, But we had... A great exchange, I felt. It was very rich. Um, I'll I'll just say some key words that came up that seem to be working for us as we are getting older, as we live through the pandemic. And that was um, to simplify things, to sort things out. Um, And we did touch on the love and compassion and, and... how that you cannot go wrong with love and compassion. And that must include ourselves in the love and compassion, especially for an aging body that (laughs) may be hurting or, um, but yeah, it was very, very nice exchange. Enjoyed it very much. And um, I think we'll get back with our same group again, right? So we can continue that thought that we um, didn't get to finish Thank you. Thanks to my group. Our group commented on how fast those 25 minutes went. They were over in a flash. We all, we talked about many things, but a couple of things you've already mentioned, we shared, and that was the heart and head discussion. And then discussing what happens when you start to get more skillful means in removing that personal filter and just seeing things how they are. Um, We discussed many things. It was a really good time together. 
Our group had a um, really great discussion, and um, a couple of things that um, we talked about was um, the difference between letting go and surrender, and we talked about some consistencies in Christianity and Buddhism as a uh, we consider the approach to um, uh, death and surrender, and. Uh, we touched on the, the practice of dying um, and um, then um, towards the end, one of our members was talking about a personal experience of seemed like a near uh, a, a death similar to death, a personal experience um, that we d- didn't really get into to finish, but that was really, that was really fascinating. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get back to that. But it was we we could have gone gone on and on, I think. Anyone else? We talked about um, an array of things as well. I think one of the things um, was spurred by your guided meditation, uh, David, and and being having loved ones by our side. Uh, with death and one of us felt um, was, was very emotional about not being there at a, at a recent death um, a cup and a couple of people who, who had uh, loved ones who had died alone and how often a person chooses to die alone. Um, it's, it's in the literature. It's quite common that when the loved one leaves. And so it's just a different perspective um, on being alone at the time of death. Another thing we talked about was tremendous about, about gratitude. The gratitude for some people was a more powerful practice than meditation on death and a really um, uh, uh, powerful experience meditating on gratitude and, and keep reminding um, themselves about gratitude. And that seemed to be a consensus. The idea of um, letting go and with the the equation with the line, not my will, but thy will felt like a wonderful surrendering of self and the relief of letting go of self. Um, We talked about um, those are some of the things and it was good. Anyone else? We're going to have a, uh, a half-day sitting. I hope some of you can make it on, I believe it's July, Monday, July 11th. And uh, we're thinking about continuing this discussion on, on uh, death meditation there. So we, you know, we have more time and space for a, a rich, full discussion about it. Or uh, we might not. We might be doing something more with self-compassion and awareness or maybe some combination. Anyhow, if you have uh, any uh, suggestion, let us know about what you'd like to be the topic for that, for that, that half day. Um, 
David? Our group too. Yes. Oh, I was. I, I wanted you to share your group. <laughs> I will. So, uh, yeah, our group was, uh, like, you know, it was over before it began. It happened so fast and like, like they always do. And um, what I remember that most poignantly, a lot of things were said, but uh, most part was that we got kind of, you know, really grappling with, you know, how can this really help us? How can this, this contemplation really relieve us of our, you know, stickiness. And that's the point, right? To be relieved of our stickiness, our attachments and our aversions. And so, uh, yeah, I think we'll explore more of that when we go back. We only got to one person's uh, inspired readings, so we have two more of those to go, and we'll see what happens. So let's take a, uh, can we try to be back by uh, in 10 minutes? Um, that would be a quarter after. Can we make a concerted effort to come back a quarter after? And then we'll, we'll take this up again. Uh, just a reminder not to log off, if I may. Because yeah, don't log we, off. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Ali. And, and Fiona will be, has a, a beautiful, a beautiful inspired offering. So. Well, um, it's a very precious time we have together. And, uh, I'll just share. I, I'm feeling very quiet because I'm doing a home retreat this week, and um, but this subject was uh, very uh, important to, to be here with you all. Apparent, some way, um, I've been a lot of messages around death and dying have been coming not just in the book we're reading, but um, articles uh, I shared in our meeting, one that came in the other day through Lion's Roar, um, a letter from a local spiritual teacher about the passing of his mother, uh, this last week talk on impermanence by a teacher back in Maryland, um, all just, looking at this deep teaching of impermanence and impermanence and the death of this body and this person that we take as I, me and mine. So I thought I would just read some of these inspiring messages from the world that have come to me. Um, and David had mentioned in the meditation, uh, born naked and dying naked, nothing, bringing nothing in, taking nothing out. Um, this was shared by this teacher in Maryland on his talk on impermanence. It was a death <coughs> of Kozan 
Ichiyo, a Zen monk in 1360, died at the age of 77. Empty-handed, I entered the world. Barefoot, I leave it. My coming, my going. Two simple happenings that got entangled. Empty-handed, I entered the world. Barefoot, I leave it. My coming, my going. Two simple happenings that got entangled. This is what David, in this death contemplation, all the entanglements, labels, the things, the relationships, Very meaningful in this relative world, but in constant, impermanent coming and going. This morning I was thinking about our meeting and thinking back to several years ago, I'd gone to what's called a death cafe. Um, and it's people getting together and, and talking about death, our own death, and um, subjects that aren't brought up in our families or our friends or colleagues. And what impressed me, and it was mostly talking about emotional feelings and then what one needs to do to prepare in a practical way. But on top of that, the format was that always brought tea and cookies or coffee. It was this comfort, bringing comfort, things of comfort into this meeting with strangers, talking about something that people generally don't want to look at. There's always cookies. There's always tea at these meetings. This morning, I, it occurred to me in our sitting practice or my sitting practice, <laughs> it's not cookies and tea. It's the breath and returning to awareness. Is this place of comfort that can hold this whole contemplation of change and the big change around us in this life. This sense of going to the breath, this sense of coming home is this container of comfort to hold it all. And I, I was reading a letter. This is from a, a Dharma teacher, not in the Buddhist tradition, although he trained at Zen early on. But he wrote this letter to the community 
He's taking a year sabbatical for his health. His name is Adyashanti. And he talks about he took this time off and then it turned out that his mother was sick and dying and he had the time to take care of her and be with her. So part of this letter was to his to community. And so during this time away from teaching, the immensity of life moves on and continues to reveal the endless opportunities and the necessity of loving and caring for one another in the myriad ways that life presents. It's as if in every moment life is asking us, Are you willing to be awake and present for this moment? And what are you going to value and uphold here and now? This is essentially our practice to be conscious and awake moment to moment and to embody the enlightened values of love, wisdom, and compassion to whatever degree we are capable and willing. I want to emphasize the importance of ongoing practice in spiritual life. All my teachings over these years have been deeply grounded in the silence of being still. From this stillness arises the greatest activity where body, mind, and spirit express themselves not as fractured parts, but as an embodied whole. What is everlasting in each of us can neither be grasped nor lost. May we meet in the silence of the heart. May our practice be committed and joyful. And may we encourage the light and goodness in others whenever and wherever we encounter them. This message from a son who had just lost his mother and took care of her. You know, this voice of Dharma practice looking at this. Transitions and loss and then this bedrock of our practice and returning to awareness, silence, compassion. What a gift. So I think we all were having a chance to share with each other in our small groups. And I think we could just continue looking at what practices and how can our looking at this really support uh, freedom into living this life in the in a beautiful way. How can we live in beauty and openness just now? So, why don't we go back into our small groups and um, maybe meet until. Um,
maybe 25 minutes. So there's no rush. And then we can gather for a blessing at the end. So Joe, can you put us back in our groups? Yeah. Just double checking the time, 25, okay. Oh. Hello again. Hi. Is there any magic, Joe, in this? How we show up? Because first, just like the first time, he, uh, Judy and I, Judith and I, show up first, and then Eve comes, and then you come last. Thank you, everyone. Our, our group was remarkable, and I hope that um, you all were able to share your hearts <laughs> and uh, with each other. It's a, such a rich gift, a rich time together. David, yes. go ahead. Mary, go ahead. Maybe it's not time for me to... <laughs> I'm just going to follow up on what you said, because our group was, um, we all agreed how rich this experience is. And we just don't get a chance with other friends, usually that would want to go this deep in conversation about death. Um, and it's, it's just so helpful. So, um, and we, we were talking about making things easy for our children by preparing for our, our death, um, how important that is to us to not leave them with burdensome tasks and wonderings. And so, and how it contemplating our death helps us at the present moment um, question what we're concerned about and how important is it. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you. We might go over a little time, but if people want to share, it would be uh, such a gift to the whole group. I'd just like to make a suggestion. Um, someone asked me in, our, in my group if I practice this uh, every day, and I, of course I'm practicing it much more intensely uh, and thoroughly now than I normally do because, because of... Uh, the gift of this this group and this reading that we're doing. I consider all these groups such a gift because they make me practice a lot. But um, but I do, uh, when I wake up in the morning, I have various intentions that I uh, arouse, but one of them for sure is this is my last day. And uh, and then come back to that as the day goes by. That's a, that's a death contemplation in itself. This is my this is my last day. 
And here's my wife. How do I say hello to my wife in the morning? What do I do with my practice? What do I do? Why do I do it? So just want to put that out there. And and I, I made this suggestion to our group that maybe try that out for the rest of the day to day. The day to day that this is your last afternoon and evening. See how that lands on you. So anyone else like to share? Anybody? What's been arousing you? What's been arousing your group? Such an ongoing rich discussion of everything from the value of acceptance to letting go to equanimity. And it's amazing how it weaves all together. And I think it's the level of sharing someone else mentioned and that we're all in a similar stage in life. Contemplations really, um, they really do weave together. So I I thank everyone for all their sharings and um, for the people who run the group, for the emails, for the contemplations that you share with us. It's, it's just a huge gift. Badu. I want to add to Mary's uh, comment about clearing out for our descendants. Uh, I have come to the conclusion now that my decluttering list of areas of I need to do decluttering, I now am willing to call it death clean. It's very helpful to that term. I used, I used to be very turned off by that. But now I realize that's what it is, basically. Thank you. Does anyone else care to share? Well, I thought I'd end our, I've shared this in the past, but I think it's a beautiful rendition of the five remembrances. Um, reworded by a student and a teacher um, in Ireland. She's a student of Thich Nhat Hanh. Her name is Orla O'Sullivan. And these are the traditional Buddhist remembrances that the monks say every morning. And they're, you know, it's different than this might be my last day, but it, it is the same looking at this, the ephemeral nature of our experience and this body's life. So, this is the five remembrances, a meditation to recognize and take good care of our fears, our worries, our anxieties, and our dreads. The first I am of the nature to grow old. There is no way to escape growing old. 
May I allow my life to flow and may I recognize and treasure the many abilities of my body and the many energies in my body today. The second remembrance. I am of the nature to have ill health. There is no way to escape having ill health. May I learn to offer tender care to myself when I am sick in body or in mind. May I hold myself with kindness and reverence. The third remembrance. I am of the nature to die. There is no way to escape death. May I take good care of this moment so that future moments of letting go and transition have as much ease and peace as possible. Remembrance four. All that is dear to me and everyone I love is of the nature to change. There is no way to escape being separated from them. May I practice being present and awake in order to treasure the many gifts that are here surrounding me each and every day. May I be there for all that is so dear to me and appreciate when we are together, however fleeting our time may be. And the fifth remembrance. I inherit the results of my actions of body, speech, and mind. My actions are my continuation. May I practice to nourish wholesome seeds to care for my many sufferings so that the actions of my body, of my speech, the actions of my mind may be wholesome and may, <clears throat> and may be of good service to myself and others. And she ends this, may we allow the world to flow. May we allow our lives to flow and change. May we learn how to let go with grace and ease. May we treasure what is here while it is here. May we take exquisite care of ourselves in this moment so that a future moment may be as peaceful and as kind as possible. May we all be safe, happy, and free from all harm. Take care. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Be well. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Everyone, take care. Bye bye.